So I think at a base level, Hamilton is entertaining. It's a history lesson. It is an incredible vehicle to inform people about the past and inform people about history. Like I said, you go to the theater for either escapism, you go for comfort, or you go to be challenged. Sometimes you go for comfort and you leave challenged. I love working with other talented artists because I feel like I get better by osmosis. Hello and welcome to the Theater Art Life podcast sponsored by ClearCom. ClearCom is the leader in voice communications for theater and the performing arts. From the Broadway stage to the West End to Cirque du Soleil, ClearCom brings seamless communication solutions to your stage. The Theater Art Life podcast puts the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around the world, the culture creators and the backstage masters. My name is Kat Landry. And my name is Anna Robb, and today we're talking with John Devereaux. Since earning his BFA from TCU, John has performed in Rent, Dreamgirls, originated a role in the world premiere of Recorded in Hollywood, and is currently touring with the ensemble of Hamilton, an American musical. The Houston native has also gained a captive audience of 130,000 followers and counting on Instagram and TikTok, where he shares snippets of his life backstage and engages with his fans. John, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And we were just talking offline uh, where you are at the moment. So tell us, uh, tell us where you are and what you're doing with Hamilton right now. Right, right now we are in Cleveland. We just got here uh, a couple days ago to start our six-week run. And uh, I'm here being a standby, which means I'm not on stage that much. But, you know, just in case they need me, in case things go left, I'm right where they need me to be. Now, you've, you've played another, a number of roles in Hamilton. So tell us about your journey through Hamilton and what roles you've played um, since you joined the company. Oh, okay. I started back in April of 2019, and I started with in the ensemble, with the Angelica Company and Ensemble. And I also, with that, covered three different roles, King George, George Washington, and Mulligan Madison. Since then, I've, I've been in the company um, since the, we had the pandemic, we had uh, got shut down. Uh, and then we came back. I uh, was still with back in fall of 2021. We started back in Tempe with the, the tour. And I recently left the Angelica tour this fall to join a new company still in the Hamilverse. Uh, but now I am a principal standby, which, so I also still do all of those tracks, but I'm also doing uh, Lafayette Jefferson now. And that's, I, I'm out here, we're traveling and it's a new experience for me. That's amazing. I, I thought in, excuse my ignorance, but I thought most standbys were actually usually in the cast and ensemble, but you're actually as a standby not in the show generally. Is that, is that how is that set up and is that different from normal musicals? I think in the shows that are longstanding and, or touring or uh, open-ended runs, there's usually ensemble members that cover principal tracks who are in the show every night. And that was a great thing for me because I, I make friends and all of my friends that I've made have been theater people. And it, so it's, it's been through a show that I've been able to connect with people and be on stage like that. Also, covering uh, means that I'm in rehearsals. So I got to connect with the on, offstage company 
So that was really great too. I, I was playing uh, Man Six before, and that's just an interesting role that's also that's on stage, but also has off stage work. The difference is that there is a nor- normality of of that track in theater. There's a standby who's strictly. I, I mean, I think the purpose of a standby is to stand by just in case something goes left. So in case uh, mid-show or uh, there's a principal who calls out uh, at the last minute. And sometimes it, it's how the pieces stack up. So if you do have somebody who's in the ensemble who's covering multiple tracks and they're an onstage cover and they're in the show and it's going, it would be more difficult to get them out of the show, put on a swing, uh, get that person changed into costumes and then continue there, whereas a standby could be there mid-show and the onstage cover could continue doing their track without, with minimal disruption uh, backstage with costumes. It's, it, it's just an easier way. So it's uh, being a standby is kind of a just-in-case emergency uh, situation. But I'm also in the rotation of the people who get to go on for certain tracks. So it's not like I'm constantly being skipped over for someone else, but I am the just in case. Amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that role. <laughs> <laughs> me so too. So tell me, <laughs> but the problem is it's like a standby for multiple roles. you got to remember all of them, right? So oh, it's yeah, not absolutely. that easy. <laughs> no. Luckily I came in with, with three already memorized and I'm learning a, learning the fourth one now. Amazing. Multifaceted. I wanted to ask, like, for you, as a U.S. citizen, what does Hamilton mean to you? And, and, and you know, because it's such an iconic American musical and, and it is playing out around the world, which is really interesting, and it's popular around the world despite that it's got a very American focus. But for you as a U- U.S. citizen, what, what does it mean to you? There's a time we're in right now of revolution, uh, social revolution and and. Uh, changing old regimes into things that are important and equal and fair and right. Uh, the, the things that we believe in now here in America, it, it's, it's an important thing to use your voice and speak out and fight against the injustices that are happening here in America. I think this is an incredible vehicle to show what those injustices are because i think people can latch on to the nation of america and the revolution that america escaped from tyranny to pursue religious freedoms and uh, financial freedoms and just in the general independence to to be your own and i think when people see that musical as y'all know with theater it's it's how you come into the theater is what you interpret the piece how you how you want and you take away what what you want. So I think at a base level, Hamilton is entertaining. It's a history lesson. It is an incredible vehicle to inform people about the past and inform people about history. I think on other levels, though, if, you, if people are there looking a little deeper or if someone has come to the theater with a uh, something missing from their heart or if they've, they've been through something that day, I think it there's more 
to Hamilton than just that. I think as an American citizen, seeing revolution on stage, seeing people fight for what they believe in, willing to die for what they believe in, um, friendship, camaraderie, and going into battle together, uh, love in war, hate, hate in war, pain in war. I think there's all of these different elements with, yes, this revolution is happening, but it, it, and it affects so many people, but it also, it, it affects their personal lives. There's, there's so much in war and now being able, if you take that with you into the real world today, the social injustices and the, 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 the revolutions that we, the many revolutions that we fight today really permeate our personal lives as well. It, it affects how we love, who we love, uh, who we talk to, how we talk to them. And I think that is the impact of Hamilton in that way. I know it's, I, it's crazy to say a show does all of that, but I, I think to, for the right person, it does. And doing the show enough, you know, it, 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 I think of everything in the show. I'm still learning new things. I'm still picking up on uh, certain themes. Uh, I'll go into the theater happy one day and not so happy the next day, uh, frustrated. And then I get something different every time. But yeah, that, that the importance of this musical as an American citizen, especially a Black American citizen, it's, it's important to see people who look like me on stage. And I think it's important for uh, to have representation and to be able to tell us tell a story and tell history in the way that people can understand it. Yeah, and I think, you know, the way that, like, it breaks the taboo of what ethnicity or background you come from in certain roles is totally thrown out the window in the show, and I love that, right? And, oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and and just just to say that's not important and and put 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 these people on stage in 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 whatever role they're fit for i think that's there's something that's just ground it's not groundbreaking but it is something that is visible in this show and and, and you appreciate the, the the conscious choice about it right absolutely and i think it adds i think changing even changing our perceptions of oh this the this these black and brown and yellow people cannot play white people they cannot play our founding fathers you have to ask yourself why do i think that why not why not yeah yeah and it, it challenges you i think that and i think you go like i said you go to the theater for either escapism you go for comfort or you go to be challenged sometimes you go for comfort and you leave challenged and you have to think about why you feel these things you're confronted with your with yourself and i think it like i said i think it's very important that we have a diverse cast and not just in in color skin color but also in creed in beliefs in everything uh, because that is america like you're you're seeing yeah america i think america what, on what, stage. Does, what does lynn say he says or no tommy kale who's the director of the show he said hamilton is i might be paraphrasing so tommy if you're listening i'm sorry Hamilton is a story of yes, America yesterday, America's past, told by people of America today and what America looks like today. So I think that it just fits so well because what we do is like in theater, we, we're storytellers. You know, you have to have some sense of suspension of disbelief in order to come into the theater. We know 
witches aren't real and they, they're not green and they can't fly off into the sky. We know these things. If you can suspend your disbelief for that, you can suspend your d- disbelief for this this one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I felt I, I also felt the same way about when Bridgerton came out, you know, and it, there was oh, such yeah. a and I was like, yes. <laughs> it was yeah. just like how refre- how refreshing to see all of that uh, diversity just smashed into a period piece. I thought that was so amazing, and uh, and we need more of that. I wanted to ask you though, too, di- given that the fact that you take this around the country, do you see differences in the response from audiences from place to place, and what is that experience like? Tell me about how that how that plays out. So when I joined uh, the Angelica Company, we had a route that followed a lot of the cities that are mentioned in the show. So we were in Virginia. We were in upstate New York. We were in like all we were in these places and the audiences there were so in tune. And there would be like the top of the second act. We were in Richmond. And that's funny because we're going to be going back to Richmond on this tour. We were in Richmond, and every time the second act would start with "What did I miss?" Thomas Jefferson had it's Thomas Jefferson's coming home, and it's like he's coming home to Virginia. So this, it, the reaction was real from the audience, I think. And there was a moment, you know, back uh, when uh, President Trump did the whole quid pro quo thing. There's a line in the in the musical in Hamilton where they say a quid pro quo and it would get a laugh from the audience. It would, the audience would erupt sometimes, you know, at that line. I think it speaks to the climate that we're in. I don't even think it's like a bad climate. I don't, I'm not even saying that. I think it's everything. It's so timeless. And this show specifically is permeated political, uh, the political realm and the theatrical realm. And honestly, like, pop culture to the point where I think Hamilton has become like this entity, this timeless entity that just permeates through uh, media. So going to different places and having people cheer at certain, certain moments, like in the Capitol shout, or if we're, we're in a certain place, it's like hearing your favorite artist say your city is like, how you doing, mm. Cleveland? How you doing? It's like, ah, we're here. You know, there's a, there's a connection that we make in that. And I think it's important to take this show everywhere it can, can go. Because I think there's, I think everybody, there's something in this show that everybody needs to see. Mm. And like you said, I think there's some universal themes that play out no matter what country, you know, you know, love in war and, and adversity and friendship and, and standing up for what you believe in and all of those universal truths that sit in many of the classics that stand the test of time. And I think that's one of those ones that, you know, I, 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 when it came out, it just was boom, done. You know, it, it was there and, and everybody loved it. I think that's a, you, you know, when it hits the mark there. So I want to switch a little bit. You didn't originally start a study theatre at university, I read. So you started with communications and business. So tell us about that switch to, to sure. performing arts. I just graduated from high school and I had my whole, I had a whole journey with just being in theatre in high school. Uh, my friends were in a show 
<laughs> so that I, I, one person had dropped out of the show and my friends came up to me and were like, John, you should, yeah, come on, you know, come on, do the show with us. It's, it's fun. And I was like, nah, it's not really my thing. I was, I was more, much more of a, a bookworm. I was into my studies. I loved like, I, I didn't, I didn't want to do theater at that point for sure. Uh, but they convinced me peer pressure and <laughs> I ended up just doing it to hang out with my friends. So we were going through the rehearsal process, did everything and it was great. And then I had my moment on stage opening night came around. And at the end of that night, I really, there was a moment, there was something in, op in the opening night that clicked for me. Uh, just being in front of, I don't even think it was being in front of an audience. I think it was be all being connected to one moment. Like the audience was watching this moment. I was performing in this moment. The technical aspects were about this moment. I, I don't know. I couldn't explain it then, but I think it was more so about the unity of a moment and, and focus than uh, any more than anything else. But anyway, that was that was when I, I wanted to. I knew I wanted to do some sense of acting. I wanted to perform in some way. Um, but, you know, I wanted to, when I got to college, I was like, you know, I got to get a real degree. I have to go and, and have a backup plan. If, even if I wanted to pursue this professionally, I still need to have something. But all my communication classes and, and my professors and the way that they spoke about uh communication i everything in the back of my mind i was just like this this i this sounds like theater this sounds like something i i could do in and like theater adjacent i could do this and still have some sense of of i guess joy and purpose from doing something in communications uh as i was in my classes i just discovered I, I had a double minor at the time. I was doing a business minor and uh, see, I don't even remember because I dropped it. Uh, I dropped one of those <laughs> minors and then I actually ended up dropping the uh, business minor too because I picked up a theater minor. One of my friends from my biology class, she was just always nudging me and, and we, we, were in a, we were lab partners for a project and she would just nudge me and say, hey, you should try out for the show. You should do this. You should. Um, she was just very supportive in that way. So I ended up doing it. Uh, my first show at TCU was No Exit. And it was it was great. I had it was a hard. I love hard No Exit, by the way. Sorry. It's incredible. <laughs> no, like it. I for my first sh collegiate show, that was that was a lot for me. The cast of three, a whole bunch of words very very heavy material uh so it, it was like i got i dove into it and i loved it I, loved, I was like i can't go four years knowing this is available to me and not take full part of it and also tc was was expensive so i was also logically thinking okay after college do i want to have spent dollars on communication or do I want to put it towards, you know, like I could, something I could put on my resume, something I can, you know, Oh, he trained for four years. This is, Oh, he's serious about it. 
So I decided to do that because one, I loved it. And two, it was like a logical, logical choice. Mm, That's amazing. And now a note from our sponsor. The Theater Art Life podcast is proud to be sponsored by ClearCom. ClearCom is the leader in voice communication since 1968 for theater and the performing arts. When the show must go on, ClearCom is there to keep the team on cue. You can find them at C-L-E-A-R-C-O-M.com. Go check them out. And so what was your path to sort of being gainfully employed in the industry is the first question. And then what advice would you give those who are wanting to work in performing arts? Because for some people it's it's breaking into it, right? That's the That's the challenge. It really is. Like I was very, very fortunate to have uh, representation. When I'm, I had my very first professional job came from one of my friends, friends' mom in college. We, this was my junior year and there was a summer stock that was happening and her mom was, she, well, actually it's not her mom, but she, she told me, I, again, someone told me like, Hey, you should, you know, submit for this. You should audition for this. And I was like, eh, I don't, I don't know. This is my first thing. So I, I auditioned for Once on This Island and ended up being cast in that. And that was my very first job, my first professional job. that I still had it while I was in college. I did some summer stock, but to get, I know it's, that was, you know, by chance, I, I was ready and I was prepared, but the opportunity, you know, you can never predict when those, those opportunities come. Uh, so that would be my first, very first piece of advice. Like anything, be prepared for anything that comes your way. If someone says, hey, there's a project that I think you'd be right for, just submit for it. Just you have to get used to kind of throwing things in the void. But you have to throw things in 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 the void in order to eventually get something to stick. Because if you don't throw, oh, yeah, I guess that's what they say. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's where that comes from. So just being, but also training yourself and being ready for those moments. Collaborate with friends. If there's anything you want to do creatively, like for me, being on TikTok is is a way for me to break out of this Hamilton structure. You know, I, I creatively get what I need on stage, but I also have to have another creative outlet. Creating, I will always say, collaborate with your friends, uh, write, uh, read plays. These are like basic, basic things. But to break in, like take classes with people that you want to work with. Uh, I, I always took classes with casting directors who not classes. Well, I guess they don't do this anymore. But before I was able to take a class with a casting director who was on a show that I watched that I felt I was right for. So I would, and then when I went to that casting director, I would pick a scene, not directly from that show, but, well, maybe I would, sometimes I would pick a direct scene from that show, but something that was in the style of the show that I liked that they cast. So it's just finding your way to the not to the opportunities, but being prepared for when those chances come. Make your own content. Get, I, I'm always writing down ideas in the middle of the night. Uh, I'm writing down 
lines uh, uh, like, oh, this would be a good line from a, a TV show, or this would be a great idea to do. I'll, I'll wake up out of my sleep because I know that I'll forget it and just start, just start creating yourself and you'll begin to pull in people who are like-minded. You'll be able to create your own, own art. And I guess what the way to get people to, to get in this position that I'm in, those are the things that I did. I, I was always saying, not always saying yes, but I said yes 95% of the time. I was like, yeah, I'll do this project with my friend. Yeah, I'll do this commercial. Yeah, I'll do this class. Yeah, I'll do, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do this interview. Yeah, I'll do this. Because you never know who you're going to meet and who it, at anything. You could be going to, uh, I was an extra for a while. And when I was living in Los Angeles, I would go to set and just meet, mingle with all the other extras. You know, you start to build a community. And I think that's really what's the most important thing. And, and that the jobs will come, the, the employment will come, the, the training. And as long as you're prepared for it and you're out there actively seeking it, it'll come. And I know that sounds really cliche. And I wish there was like a, do this, 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 and then this happens. But it's so much more abstract than that. And I think it uh, has so much to do with where, who and where people are in their own journey. Uh, because if, if you're not in a financial position to, to take a class, or if you're not in an emotional position to, to be able to reach out to people in that way, I totally understand, you know, you have to do uh, the path that's right for you. But I definitely think the basis of where of how I got to where I am is being prepared, being kind, be, being kind, actually switch those, be kind, <laughs> be prepared, and don't stop. That all sounds so cliche. It's not, I really want to give like a, a definitive answer. But no, I me, think you've explained you it know, well. I think uh, that it is a, it is those combination of those things, and it's I wouldn't say it's a grind. It's more a little bit of a grit, you know, to be prepared mm. and be there to present those, be there for those opportunities when they come around the corner. And like you said, relationships and 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 a network of people. You never know where those things may lead. And like, yeah, that may be cliche, but it's works, right? Like that is that yeah. is the thing that's going to get you across the line. I did want to ask you though, because I think from you, the way you just expressed it before was your social media is a is like a creative outlet for you. But I I think also now there's there's a great representation also as an outlet for you as a a brand as a person as a person that can be gainfully employed in the arts. Like how I think that came secondary, but for other people, do you feel like social media is a way to get yourself out there? Is it necessary these days? What's your thoughts on that? Oh, man. I just posted something on my Instagram story about how we've we've really gotten into consuming likes and, and comments and how social media is becoming, you know, there, there's a blurred line of... of what the how we feel qualified to do what we do it's crazy that social media has become a qualifier for certain things uh, for certain for jobs for uh even being cast or being looked at to bring to come in for an audition i think it's uh 
I don't think it's a I don't think it's a good metric to go off of when it comes to act, you know, like theater jobs. I don't I don't I don't even think with acting because yes, if the, if someone has a lot of followers, and I think that's the number most people are looking at, it's I, I hope that people know that there are bots out there. You know that there is p- things that people can buy to bluff up their their Instagrams, and people are doing that in order to get the opportunities from people. Uh, it's like a cause and effect. I I think social media is again. I think it's a great way to connect with anybody i think it's a way to connect with through any type of way like you can connect through a video you can connect through a dm like i I think social media is great in that way but i think i feel like it's gotten a little away from from that connection standpoint and now it's expanding into uh qualifications i don't i don't particularly think that bringing somebody because this has happened uh, somebody has told me that oh they picked this person over me because they have a better social media following it used to be oh this person got picked over me because <laughs> they have a broadway credit and i their talent and you know <laughs> like it, it used to be that i mean even even if you have two two talented people you know i think that's it it comes to the end of of like okay I, it's crazy that that's one of the questions you ask at the end is, okay, okay, who has a Broadway credit? Okay, who has social, more social media followers? Who who has the, who can push our show the best? You know, this is, it's, it's just a different world we're living in. But I always say to my actor friends who are around my age, um, a lot of them aren't willing to, uh, you know, do the TikTok thing and dive in because they're like, oh, I'm, I'm an actor. I, I'm, I shouldn't have to get TikTok. I shouldn't have to do those things. And I, I was thinking the same. I was in a class like maybe about a decade ago and people were saying the same, older uh, people in the class were saying the same thing about Twitter at the time. And I'm like, or Twitter or Instagram and things like that. And I was like, it's just a, another platform for you to just get out there. It's, it's a it's a way to showcase yourself. I don't know. I always think this is about our perspective. It's about your perspective on social media and, and what's going on. Uh, for me, it's like I said, it's always been about that connection and, and letting people know who I am. But it's hard to navigate that when you have the, your livelihood connected to it. It's it's hard, especially as an as a performer, when you want that job, when you you want to uh, be a part of a project, and your social media following is a prerequisite to to it. it it's frustrating, and I just don't think social media should be used in that way in connection with theater, but as a, as an outlet, as a way to uh, promote, as a way to market, as a way to, I mean, even actors just being, I think it's a phenomenal tool to let people know who you are. I think it's great 
you're able to authentically, I think that's the most important thing is you have to authentically show up. You don't have to show people everything about you, but the pieces you do show about yourself inform the person on the other side of the screen, who you are, what you believe in, how you sound, what you look like, what your mannerisms are. And a lot of that does come, you know, it translates. People like people get a lot of information from social media. They get a lot about who you are. So that part of it is great for uh, performance and casting. And I love that. That's why we do slates. I, I feel like you instead of a slate, go to my TikTok, see who I, because I'm sitting there, arms down, being looked up and down for five seconds and smiling. Standing still is much more awkward than you just typing in at the John Devereaux and you can see what I'm giving. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I feel about, that's amazing. about social media. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really good answer because I think it's actually quite complex and how you've explained it. There's some positives and negatives about um, it, but despite opinion, it is what it is in some cultures and it does shape it, right? And and, and it's funny for, it's not funny because I, I, Hong Kong, it's it, TikTok is banned in Hong Kong. So oh, wow. this whole world for me is, uh, I don't see it, you know? And oh, so I know there's huh. this whole world that exists in the TikTok realm and I see stuff through Instagram reels and all of that sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, my extent of, of Instagram reels and stuff is watching cat videos with my kids. So it's, Same. <laughs> that's about what we do. But more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's really, really fascinating that, that you know, especially because I think that especially in the US where a lot of social media is the biggest thing is the Instagram and social media that how now that starts to play into people's careers and I don't know whether that's a phase and it will go out or whether it's an ongoing trend where we'll get further and further into that but you know I guess we watch this space we'll see. <laughs> yeah I feel like and I thought when uh the reels came out and uh TikTok was was just popping off I really thought people were going to start making small short films I thought that they were going to be making these these projects and, and like 15 second movies and minute long movies. And I wish I saw more of that online. I wish that my algorithm was like that. My feed was like that. I'm sure it's out there, but I think, like I said, as an actor, like that's such an important tool you could use to not only promote yourself, but just, you know, to get those creative juices out. Yeah. And a lot of people, the, the the great equalizer of that is that you're not having to meet that right producer or that right thing. It's an open source platform. So your exposure, if you are talented, means that you can be found. And I think that's that's all great positive, right? If, you, if you're putting out great content and, and people see it, then it's a much more even playing field than, you know, but knowing the right person and being in the right city to get that job, you know. So I think that's right. a good thing about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Cool. So we ask, always ask at the end of our um, uh, our podcast two questions. So the first one is, what do you like most about your job or the industry? Uh, I love, I, I think it's an ongoing theme that I've been talking about. I love working with other talented artists because I feel like I get better by osmosis. Just by being around other people like this and in observing them working at their highest level because the people here 
are incredibly talented. And I'm not just talking about on stage either. Uh, backstage, seeing how everything works. Uh, just our whole company is just badass at their job. And just watching is, is crazy. That's my favorite. And also, also having a group that you can pull from if you do want to do a project or if you do want to do something, there's tons of people here who would be down. You know that there are people here who would, um, you know, embrace that. And I like having access to other, other artists that would either want me to be in a project or uh, I would want them in, in mine or just literally it's comforting having somebody who's going through the same thing as you. You know, because tour specifically on tour, uh, it's it's a different beast because your coworkers are your friends, your colleagues are your friends. Like you, they're the constant in your life, and you you connect in a in a way that I don't know. Like it's it, it's just a great connection between um, work and personal, and I, I love that uh, about our industry right now. I love that there's some bit of change happening now. I love that there is uh, more daring theater out there. I like that there there's theater out there that take risks and represent people who have not been seen on stage or in, it, in, a, in this light. I, I feel like it's, the theater industry has uh, has a duty to be uh, a mirror. I think that's all art, you know, but I think the theater industry has a duty to be a mirror to its audiences. And there are, there are many shows that do that. And like I said earlier, uh, either by challenging them or comforting them. And I think that there's more of that theater. So I, I am loving that. Uh, but I also enjoy, I love, I love the joy that we bring to people. I love, I love that. I, when I, my TCU, uh, mural is, you know, they took a quote that I said, the stage is a platform for joy. And it is, it truly is. Because for me getting, when I saw the Lion King for the first time, I was overjoyed. I I was overjoyed. I was filled. I wanted to, it inspired me. I wanted to do more with my life. I wanted to do what they were doing on stage. I wanted, I, I was just filled and I wanted to make people feel how I felt in that moment. And to think that I was one out of 2000 people in that audience. So I know that other people were feeling what I was feeling. And it's important. We have that duty as well as to inspire for me i'm not going to put that on everybody because i know that what we do is is hard and sometimes we don't need the added pressure of oh this one person's in, in the audience is is we i have to push myself for them every night i'm not gonna put that on anybody else but for me that's kind of in the back of my mind because little john is in that audience all the time even when i was in los angeles i met a uh, my uber driver was an older gentleman he was about and he told me he saw his first musical uh, the week previous. Uh, his daughter went to go take him to see Moulin Rouge. And I think that's just like 
you never think I never think of oh there there's a man out there who has children and and everything and who's never seen a show. I always think in my mind like oh it's <laughs> a kid like crazy it's a, it's a kid. But and, and it, it opened my mind. It's like no people. It's it's there are people out there who have not experienced this ever, ever. <laughs> so it's like okay, I want your first time to be a good one. So I'm gonna give you a give you a great performance. Uh, but yeah, just to constantly cool. inspire. Cool. You know, mm. <laughs> that's amazing. The stage is a platform for joy. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna remember that one. Yeah. Um, and the other question we have, the other question we have is, if you could change one thing about your job or the or the industry, what would that be? Oh, no more eight show weeks. No more eight show <laughs> weeks. No more five show weekends. People are tired. We want to go home. Uh, that would be, that's like number one. Honestly, <laughs> number one is no more five show weekends. There was uh, no hesitation there right there. At that all. was straight out. Can you, tell, like, I, can you tell that I'm a little riled up about it? Can you tell that I've thought about I this? <laughs> and I also have another one. I, I also no travel day. No, um, what it was, no traveling on our day off. Mm. Because like our that's travel it. days are usually um, on a Monday, a moving day, and that's in our day off, you know. So there's that, and you said one. Never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna go off. Uh, I'm not gonna go off. On, no, it's good. On, on it's the good. <laughs> I I love that. No, but I I think it's good. It's in equal uh, measure of you loving the industry. There's always things to work on, right? And, oh, absolutely. And- I think life is all about balance. There's um, mm-hmm. This year I've learned two things can be true and it's okay. It's okay to feel two things at the same time. And I'm like, okay, I fully embrace the joy and the happiness and that's not going to interfere about my frustrations and the things that I want to change. Those two things yeah. can exist because they do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. John, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to get to know you in the last 40 minutes on our podcast. And I really appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you again for having me. This has been a great start to my morning. I love chatting about the industry and anything to inspire and also be with fellow artists. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Theater at Life is a global media site for entertainment. Memberships start at only 38 US dollars per year. You can have unlimited access to our daily published articles, including entertainment news and the writings of active industry professionals, ensuring that you are always up to date on the global happenings in the world of entertainment. Become a part of the international entertainment community and join us now at www.theaterartlife.com.